You're listening to the NFL on TuneIn. It's No Huddle with Brian Weber and Cordell Stewart. Let's take you around the league with our great friend, Nick Ferguson, the former NFL safety. My co-host on NFL First and Goal. Join us this Sunday, every Sunday, 1 p.m. Eastern Time. Tune in premium. Seven hours of live listen-ins, commercial-free content as we take you around the league. Nick, let's start with one of the pivotal moments last night, late in the game. I would love your perspective as someone who played in the secondary. What would you make of the offensive pass interference call against the 49ers? Well, you know, at that point, it's, it's a critical point in the game. And I know I played in the secondary, but, you know, I really didn't like that, that call. Uh, it's just one of those things where, as an official, you have to uh, allow the guys to play. And for, for me, I didn't like the call because I didn't really see too much of, uh, as far as contact on, on that particular play to even render it. Uh, pass uh, in the fairness call. So uh, it, it's very questionable. There was a lot of questionable calls uh, in, in the game. Uh, we can go back to some calls and some tugging uh, back and forth uh, with uh, Pierre Garçon on a lot, of, uh, a lot of those plays. And sometimes you wonder, because this is Monday night you know, football, I'm excuse me, Thursday night football, and a lot of the issues, uh, and we always felt this is players, I don't know how Cordell felt, is that those guys, uh, you know, want their 15 minutes of fame, too, as well. And the way you get it is just kind of, you know, making calls or not making calls. So it was definitely a call that, you know, I'm not on board with as a player. Yeah, I mean, there's sometimes they're questionable. You just hope that it doesn't change the outlook or the outcome of a game, and, and some probably will say that did. But when watching this Rams team's play as of lately, Nick, uh, we brought up a stat, which is which is crazy. I know it's just week three, but it's the Rams that we're talking about. They're leading the league with their team scoring, not offensively, but just their team scoring with 35.7 points per game on an average. When knowing that and understanding that, which is something we hadn't seen from a Rams team in a long time, and yes, it is just week three, uh, what's your take on this team actually taking the proper steps to look like they're a team to, to actually be able to compete every single week because they're getting the ball in the end zone? Well, this looks. This is a completely uh, different team. I mean, you you change a, a couple of pieces. They traded for Sammy Watkins. Uh, they bring in Robert uh, Woods, and last year Todd Gurley didn't look it look like the rookie that we saw when he first burst onto the scene and with a lot of those explosive runs, especially in the second level. But that speaks volumes to uh, the organization and bringing in a young coach like. Uh, Sean McVay, we saw what he was able to do with Kirk Cousin and, and Washington, and we were always wondering what was going to happen with Kirk Cousin and his level of performance in that offense, and they started to struggle earlier this season. But uh, looking at what he's been able to do with, uh, you know, Jared Goff, and you, look at, or you have to look at it and say, well, because Jared Goff is a young quarterback, yeah, he was very talented coming out of Kyle, out of Kyle but, you know, he really didn't have that toolage that he needed in the coaching that he needed under Jeff Fisher. So you bring a guy in that is kind of round about the same age. They can probably have a lot of things in common when they talk, but he understands football, and he understands uh, the problems that Jared Goff was having last year in the offense. So they changed the offense, added some, some pieces around, changed some things with the offensive line. We saw the fact of wanting to get Todd Gurley involved with the, the game, playing more and not just handing him, handing him the ball, but – getting him outside of the pocket because he is one of those running backs and you have few guys who can do that. They not only can run between the tackles, but they can catch the ball out of the backfield. So they've done some great things for Jared Goff and improve. There was a stat last night, you know, looking at where he was last year 
in comparison to this year and how quick he was able to get the ball out of his hands. And you can speak to this as a, as a guy played a quarterback position, is that timing and that, that rhythm and the throwing mechanics have to be there. Once you correct those, now that makes your, you know, your thinking as a quarterback so much more smoother. So Jared Goff looks really calm in the pocket. He looks really comfortable in the offense, and they have everything working at, at this point. Now, you know, only time will tell to see if they can kind of keep this up. But, you know, watching Aaron Donald come back after missing so much of training camp and just look like a man on fire, you really have to talk a lot about, you know, this Rams organization and this, this team that they have and what they could possibly do in the division. Nick Ferguson, the former NFL safety who spent a decade in the league, is our guest on the NFL on TuneIn. We all have different approaches to social media. Cordell prefers the retweets. Nick is prolific. Nick, how many times have you tweeted today? I haven't checked. A couple. No. <laughs> you like no, Twitter. I haven't tweeted anything, uh, okay, yet, well, but uh, as soon as I get off, I will. I, I, I know you enjoy going back and forth. I try to be a little bit in between. Still, I like watching games in primetime and tweeting. So let me give you my last thought from last night because I got a lot of pushback from 49er fans. You mentioned Aaron Donald. He came up with the sack to seal the victory. Here is my tweet. That's a fitting conclusion for Brian Hoyer's night. Will be intriguing to see how the 49ers look next season with a more competent QB. Was I being too harsh on Brian Hoyer? Well, no, I don't say that because, uh, I mean, look at how the game started off. Uh, We were only 12 seconds into the game, and then there was an interception. Uh, Hoyer knew coming into this week there was a lot of pressure, you know, on him to play because you're the quarterback. There's no one really chasing you, and the offense is – uh, yet to put uh, anything uh, in the end zone, any major in the end zone. So all that falls on you as as a quarterback of the team. So uh, some of the criticism is fair. I mean, he understands it. He knows how it works. Cordell can tell you this, too. When you're a quarterback and you're deemed, you know, the face of the franchise for the moment, the pressure is on you. You, you, you can't say, well, when things are going right, you know, I want to be the guy at the podium, and then when things are going wrong – then don't blame everything on me. Now it's the team. You can't have it both ways. So it was great to see Hoy in offense recover from that debacle early on to put some points on the board. But he knows, going back and watching this film, which he's probably doing right now, there are some things that uh, he could have done. And some wide receivers know, too. They dropped a lot of balls. So a lot of this criticism can go both ways, but it falls on the quarterback because you're the guy in the center. You touch the ball on every single play. Yeah, I mean, that, that's a true statement, and, and... – to me, when you look at Brian Hoyer, I, honestly, I don't even think the organization thought of winning much this year because the team is so young. I mean, this is a this is a young football team. Carlos Hyde is 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 over forty percent of the offense uh, when it comes down to it, uh, and it just just their inability to do anything consistently at the quarterback position. Because if the quarterback play was a little bit better, I think they would be fine. But let's just be realistic and honest. What were we expecting from Brian Hoyer when he came in as a 49ers quarterback? No one, no one was really expecting anything, Cordell, like you said. It was just like when we break down the schedule, no one was expecting them to win over four games. So if they went 8-8, eight and eight, the idea was that, you know, that's great. No, it would have been never great really year. gave the team uh, a chance to do anything. And, and Brian Hoyer, who's been, you know, a journeyman, you know, so far, no one really believes in him as a quarterback that he was the guy, and everyone's saying, okay, well, what's going to happen with the quarterback position? Is it going to be Sam Darnold, or are they going to try to go after Kirk Cousins? You know, because of his relationship with Kyle Shanahan, we don't know that. But we knew going in that it was going to take some time for this team to try to gel, because you got to think about it. They have 15 rookies 
on the team and 17 guys from who played on other rosters last season. So now you're talking about the, the issue of the chemistry and that cohesiveness being there. Sometimes it takes one or two years for that to happen. So to watch those guys go out, you know, that's the Rams and the 49ers and compete like this, looking at what both organizations went through last year. It was great for Thursday night football because everyone was complaining that we don't really have two great games, especially within the division. So it was exciting to see these two franchises get out there and put as many points on the board as they did. Chatting with Nick Ferguson, my co-host, NFL First and Goal comes your way this Sunday, every Sunday, 1 p.m. Eastern Time. Tune in premium. Upgrade now. You'll get seven hours of commercial-free live listen-ins across the league, plus the home-and-away call of every game on the road to Super Bowl 52. Nick, as we wrap it up from my perspective, let's look ahead to Sunday, one of the marquee early games, and we're going to be busy. Nine early games plus the London game between Baltimore and Jacksonville will be winding down as we sign on. Atlanta and Detroit, both 2-0. How much you buying the Lions to start the year and how encouraging was it to see them establish the run on Monday night against the Giants? That, that was one of the elements, B-Web, that was missing uh, from this offense. We know what you 